Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. God, we do thank you that we are free. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. If you're free tonight, can you give him some praise? Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you're at home and watching as well, if you're free, just give him some praise wherever you are. It might seem kind of strange to do it at home, but I'm telling you, sometimes you have to praise it before you even see it. And as you praise it, you will see it. As you, as you praise him, you will see your freedom. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God, we do thank you that we are free. We thank you that you've called us together as a free people, even to proclaim your freedom to those who are not free. We thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you're here in the church building, you can just go ahead and have a seat. My name is Philip Steele. I'm the missions pastor here, and I've kind of declared that this is going to be Missions Wednesday because we are going to pray, and we're going to pray for some people who are maybe not so free as we are. I do have a scripture. I'm not sure it's going to be on the screen or not, but it's out of Acts chapter 12. I sent it to him late, so that's my fault, but... About that time, Herod the king, Acts chapter 12, verse 1, about that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. That was during the days of the unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison delivering him over over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison. Peter was kept in prison, but I had to pay attention to those little, those little words there. This is a contrast here. This is something else is going to happen. But earnest prayer was made for him Prayer for him was made to God, to God by the church. And that's what we want to do tonight. We want to do some earnest prayer tonight because we do have some situations that are before us here locally, nationally, even internationally. I'll touch on some stuff. And then let's look at verse 6. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries bef- before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, that's another important word. I'm hoping there will be a a behold, maybe in your life and especially in the lives of those for whom we pray, a behold. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him and said, get up quickly, and the chains fell off his hands. And so we're gonna pray Believing that, you know, what people might see in the natural, there's going to be a but earnest prayer was made, and then that there would be a behold. And if you'll pay attention to the screens, I've got, I think, three situations that I want us to pray for. If we could put those screens, the pictures of the Ukraine, we have a, 
missionary couple from our church. If you've been watching the news at all, this is where Russia's troops are positioned, permanently stationed in new arrived units. You can kind of see that around Ukraine. And if you watch the if you watch the news, you see one part, but we've got other news going on. We've got some gospel news because we've got some agents of the gospel of the kingdom. This is Keith and Cherry Gunther, missionaries sent out from this church, been in the Ukraine now for four or five years, I think, something like that. So you can see some of the pictures. We'll go through these pictures quite rapidly, just some of the outreach that they've been doing over the last few months. We'll just keep going through those, reaching out to people that are you know, reaching others as well. That's Cherry on the left there. She's Filipina. You know, some of their Christmas gatherings, I guess, that they had there as well. So they've been meeting with people. And, and knowing the situation, I asked Keith if he could send us a video. So he sent us a video yesterday. If you just go ahead and move forward to the video, we'll watch this video and then we're going to pray. Okay, we'll just keep going. There you go. Hello, Bethel. My name is Keith Gunther. Uh, I'm your missionary in Lviv, Ukraine. I'm here currently with my wife, Cherry, and our two sons, Destin and Kendrick. Uh, I'm sure by now you know that the situation in Lviv is quite serious. About a week ago, the embassy told all Americans to leave um, if they can do so. They cannot guarantee our safety uh, if Russia is to invade Ukraine. We had uh, a lot of conversations with our leaders, with our friend, our family, and we decided to take the advice of our embassy and leave before any major conflict takes place. Uh, this is a decision really to bring my family to safety. So please be praying that we'll have safe travels. Um, I had COVID about a week ago and I'm hoping for a negative test on Thursday. Otherwise we have to push our dates back for about another week. That Thursday would be tomorrow. So please be praying for a negative COVID test and that no one else gets it in the family. Also, be praying for our church. The most difficult thing about this situation is the uncertainty. You almost feel like your life is on hold, even though you do your day-to-day -day activities. And for me and my family, we have the opportunity to, to leave that and go to safety but our friends and our church, they do not. And I think that may, that's what makes the situation extremely difficult. It's very difficult for us because we have to leave behind the people we really love and care about and who we've had the opportunity to serve for the last four years. Now we're hoping to come back, but that said, this is a very difficult situation for us. Please be praying for our churches here. Please be praying for our pastors and for their families. Um, pray for peace of mind. You know, pray for just continual trust in God's sovereignty over the situation. And I'd say most importantly, pray for a diplomatic solution and de-escalation. Um, that way, this turns into uh, a much more stable situation for Ukrainians and they can get back to uh, their normal lives without this threat looming over their head. So I think at this time, yeah, that's that's our main prayers. Please just be praying, be praying for their peace of mind, be praying for their safety, uh, and be praying again for de-escalation. So thank you and God bless. 
All right, so let's pray, okay, right where you are. If you're at home, if you join us in prayer as well. God, we do thank you that we have free access to the throne of grace. And Lord, we lift up Keith and Cherry right now. God, we pray that your grace would be upon them, your strength. Even we do pray for a a negative COVID test, even tomorrow. God, we pray that your favor would be upon them with the flights. God, we pray that your grace, peace, would be upon them in a great way. Lord, we even pray for the believers there in the Ukraine as well, God. We pray, Father, that your peace, and even during this time, God, that they would have a voice of hope to others who have no hope. God, we pray that even in in difficult times that the church would be a light in the midst of the darkness, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You know, we are privileged to have access to the throne of grace, even to be able to intercede on on behalf of others. And I do have, I I maybe just, you gave me the microphone and I'm the missions pastor. I have two more prayer requests. And so we're going to kind of go around the world again. We're going to go to India now. We have Pastor Kevin and Lynette Manessis, and we as well, we partner with them with prayers, with finances. The previous couple, this church is helping out in a significant way even to cover their expenses. These are like emergency expenses to come out of the country. And we've helped Pastor Kevin and Lynette over the years as well. And there's a situation in India. He sent me an article a few days ago. These, they pitched to, for India to be recognized as a Hindu nation and they seek the death penalty for conversion from Hinduism to any other religion. And so Pastor Kevin has got a vision to plant even 10 new churches during these next few years. So we wanna pray for him as well. Okay, are you guys with me? I don't mean to, you know, sometimes you get all these prayer requests in these world, you know, these global crisis and global problems. But you gotta realize we have a global God that as we lift up our prayers unto him. We're not denying what's going on in the world, but we're, we're calling the kingdom of God to go into those places. So Lord, we pray for Pastor Kevin. God, I pray for strength in his inner being. God, I pray for his wife, for his leadership team. God, I pray that your grace would be upon them. God, we pray that your kingdom would come into that great nation of over, over one billion people. God, we pray that the gospel would go forth. God, that those people would be bold as lions. I think of the threats in Acts chapter 4 where they were under threats. They didn't pray for protection. They prayed for boldness. God, we pray that you would give Kevin, his people, boldness. We pray for those who are in authority. God, we pray that your grace, your, even your kingdom would be upon them, that you would hinder them from enacting unrighteous laws, that you would enable them, even without their knowledge, even as you did in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, that you would reveal yourself to those people and that the word of God would go forth in a great way, we pray. This local church, Bethel, belongs to a global family of churches called Every Nation. Currently, we're in about 81 different countries. A few weeks ago, we had our annual week of prayer, fasting, and consecration. We joined together this church with probably hundreds of other churches in those 80 countries, I believe. Probably tens, if not hundreds of thousands of believers joined together to pray. And in the continent of Europe, our regional director, Wolfie Eklebon, actually he's from 
I think it's Zimbabwe originally, but with a, with a backpack and a passport, moved up to Europe probably 20, 25 years ago. And now from that church in London, there's been numerous other churches um, planted all over Europe, really. And he, what the video we're about to see, we'll only watch a couple minutes of it, but he's put this publicly on Facebook, but you'll see that he's recently been diagnosed with cancer. And so we want to pray for him. If we could put that video up and then we'll pray for Pastor Wolfie, okay? So um, moving on to my health, uh, many of you know that I have been sharing with you about some pain I've been experiencing in my body for the last couple of months. Um, and the medical teams have been trying to figure out what it is. And it is sadly that I must give you the news that it has been diagnosed that I have cancer. I have uh, cancer in multiple areas in my liver, my uh, lungs and my bones, my back, my spine. Um, it is very serious according to the diagnosis. We do not have all the facts yet. That's why I'm in the hospital here. We are running all sorts of tests and biopsies to find the primary cancer cause. And then next week, by the end of next week or so, um, they will determine uh, what that cancer is, how it can be treated, and what the process is from here. So yes, the brutal facts, the medical facts are serious, but I want to say we are well and facing this with great faith. Um, just so you know, we, we have cried our tears. I know I'm sharing this as facts because I've been through this, and I know that it'll be a shock for many of you. Um, this is not a, a something we expected, I expected. Um, uh, we have cried our tears, and uh, you may need to cry yours too. And um, and uh, uh, it, it isn't easy, but I do want to say, um, Ellie and I feel very supported in this. Uh, we thank you for prayers. We have obviously told our key leaders already and our family, and this is the first time I'm, I'm doing this publicly because we love you and care for you as our Every Nation Church family in London. Okay, so let's pray. You know, I know that can be kind of, but we cannot ignore people's, you know, suffering. We have, to, we have to deal with it, and we have a way to deal with it. We can take it to the throne of grace. And so there might even be people, you know, at home that you're suffering with news like this. And we as well, we want to pray with you. We want to know what's going on so that we can bring the power of God, the kingdom of God, bring the hope of Jesus Christ you know, our Pastor Wolfie, he's, you know, he says he's in faith, but at the same time, he's facing a great battle. So will, will you join with me and pray? God, we thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha, our healer. God, we thank you for Pastor Wolfie, the years, the decades of faithful service that he's had for you and for your kingdom. And God, we do pray for him. Pray for the doctors that are doing all the tests and everything, God, that they would be able to know exactly what the problem is. God, I pray that your grace would be upon him, his wife, his children, the church there in London, the churches in Europe, God. We pray that your strength would be upon them, that this would be a time of drawing closer to you. And we even pray for his physical body, God. We pray that there would be healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, oh God. Send forth your word. Send forth your word and heal him by the stripes of Jesus. He has been healed. And Father, I thank you even for those that are hearing my voice, whether it's here on site or at home, whatever sickness, whatever disease. God, I pray that your health and your healing 
Father, send forth your word to heal right now in the name of Jesus. Even those that might watch this broadcast later, send forth your word and heal in the name of Jesus. We pray for cancers to be dried up. We pray for healing in the name that's above every name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. He holds it all together, and we are grateful for that. I am just believing for a moment. We're praying tonight, you know. We're praying and worshiping, praying and worshiping, and that's all one and the same thing. You realize that, right? When we sing, that's a prayer. And when we pray, that's worship. I'm just convinced, though, that some of you came in tonight wondering if God was actually holding it together. Did you? Uh, there have been moments this week where I said, God, are you holding this together? Now, I'm going through some things, and you're going through some things, and I don't know your things, and you don't know my things always, right? Sometimes we get a chance to share but God is holding it all together. And it's good to praise our way into that, as Pastor Philip said. Remind ourselves in prayer. He is sovereign. He is sovereign today in the midst of a broken world, in the midst of all kinds of things happening. Um, I, I want to throw a few extra things in here that were on our prayer list. And one that's very important to many of us, it's important to me that we mentioned. I want to spend a moment praying for all of those in our HBCUs who are dealing with an extra level of fear and intimidation with the number of bomb threats that have been orchestrated on this particular month. Uh, if you, I'm, I'm sure everyone in this room is aware and most of you online are aware, but this is Black History Month and there have been dozens of bomb threats to our historically black colleges and universities. That, that's not an accident. That's the enemy working to instill fear. Um, and, uh, and to incite division. And, and we just want to pray against that. That's obviously, that is like right in the center of our mission and who we are. And I want to take a moment and pray for that because that's just been weighing on me all day. Lord, we just lift that up, that burden to you. And I just pray for these students. I know that there is, you know, what some have called a minority tax that just just this constant anxiety of weight that's there anyway in a racially divided society. And uh, we, we've come so far in so many ways. We're not ignoring it, but Lord, there's so much farther to go. Anytime somebody feels like that's an okay thing to do, uh, to, to threaten violence and death for, this, for the explicit purpose of instilling fear diminishing safety, destabilizing communities, gobbling up resources that were supposed to be used for education, that were supposed to be used for uplift and hope, that were supposed to be used for widening horizons. And instead, the enemy is trying to shrink the horizons of hope down to a, a depressive state. The enemy's trying to use that, and, and it's in individuals. It's not just this broad swath of generic people. There are people with names. There are individuals, children of parents who are longing and praying for them, Lord. And so we just lift up all of those who are being affected by that. We pray that you would work against the enemy, that you would not allow any violence to occur, that you would allow everything to be caught, that those who have done this would be caught soon, that, that you would guide the authorities in our country's work so that they can find those who are at fault. But then I pray even this, God rescue those people. Rescue the villains in this story. May they find the hero of the story, which is really you, and may you turn their side. Break their hearts with love. 
overcome them and help them to come out of that darkness of hate. You know, I just think of Pastor Brock's testimony when he preached the other Sunday about coming out of one of the most racist counties in Mississippi and now being a part of a racially reconciling movement, a multicultural, multi-ethnic movement and giving his whole heart and life to reaching people of all colors and all kinds from all places. What a great story. Would you give us more of those stories? Would you turn the hearts of the racists? Would you turn the hearts of all of those who are seeking to do violence, whether it's physically or verbally or mentally? God, would you, would you save our country from this disease? Would you just eradicate it? We prayed for an eradication of cancer in our dear friend and brother's life. We pray for this cancer to be eradicated from this nation. We know it's been there from the beginning. We want it gone. We want it all the way gone. And any part of us that's a part of it, remove it, Lord. Show it to us. Reveal it to us. And we will repent as soon as we know it. We pray all of these things in confident faith that you do hold it all together. Even when it seems to be falling apart. Even when the enemy wants to tear it down. We know you hold it all together. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to take another moment now and, and pray for some important things. I, and by the way, let me just say this. If you don't know me, my name's Dave. I'm one of the pastors here. But uh, whenever I'm praying, I hope you're praying too. And in some, in some traditions, only one person prays at a time and everybody else just listens. That's fine if that's your tradition if you want to, but at least pray silently. <laughs> it's not just a, a, an observation thing that we're doing. Pray at home. Pray along with us. Pray in the Spirit. Uh, there is a Supreme Court nomination coming up in our country. And let me just say right up from the, the very first moment of me mentioning that, this is not a political moment. This is a prayer moment. Uh, you know, all of us know, no matter what your political affiliation may be, we're primarily affiliated with Christ. He is the centering point of all of us. He brings us into unity. But the way that court goes affects the way our country goes in many ways. And often in our political environment, one thing gets highlighted or two things get highlighted and everything falls back into the background. But we know that God knows all the complexity of that situation. On the docket in coming years will be our religious freedom. It has been in the past. It will be even more intensely now. I've been working in private Christian education for the last 12 years, and now I'm back to pastoring. Praise God. I'm just really excited about that personally. I haven't given up education. I still work for a seminary on the side, Every Nation Seminary that we've launched. Excited about that. But let me just tell you from that educational world, it is a war right now. Every Christian university has lawyers working full-time, not part-time, full-time because of the constant battle against religious freedom on every Christian university in our country. And that's coming to churches too. It's already swirling. Can we get rid of the tax exempt status? Can we get rid of this uh, freedom that they enjoy? Can we, can we curb their speech in this way? Uh, there are court cases currently in the court system that are seeking to remove that piece by piece by piece by piece. So that's just one of the issues. The issue of life, uh, the issue of hate crimes. The, there's, there's so many, they're swirling. If I, if I tried to name all of them, you'd be upset about the one I missed. I'm gonna miss them, because uh, there's too many. This is an important thing for us to pray for. Let's pray that God's will be done, even if we don't recognize it, to him, for him to do it in the most surprising of ways, if he chooses, he can. Let's pray together. Would you pray with me? Don't just listen to me pray now. Let's pray. 
Lord, we do ask that you would guide our country. You've told us to pray for those who are in power. You've told us to pray for kings and all those who are in authority over us, that no authority is on earth except that which you have handed over. You've allowed it for a time. And sometimes people use it for wicked purposes and they will be judged. Sometimes it is used for mostly righteous purposes. And by God's grace, they're allowed to do that too. But we ask that in this case, we ask as your, your children, we come to you and say, please guide our country. Please preserve this land. Would you please turn this land? You said that if we will humble ourselves, if we will cry out, if we will repent, if we will turn, you will hear us and you will heal our land. So we pray for the healing of our land. We pray for the sovereign hand of guidance that only you can place upon us, that only you can do, only you could do it, that you would work miraculously in the, in the choice of this Supreme Court justice and for the whole makeup of the court and for the opinions of the court. Even when that seat is settled, we're not done praying. We ask that you would guide the thoughts and guide the principles and guide the decisions and guide the discussions and guide the papers and guide the interpretations so that your way can move forward unhindered in this nation and that this nation can continue to be a productive missionary launching pad for the rest of the world. We want this country, Lord, to be reached for Christ. We want this country to be claimed as a country where Christianity flourishes. And Lord, we do pray for the uprooting of evil in our society, for the uprooting of injustice in our society, for the, for the establishment of justice and mercy as a foundational framework of who we are, for the valuing of life at all ages for the celebration of the good and the diminishment of the bad. May your light shine in this country. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I want to turn. Are you still with me? Okay. I can just keep going like this for probably four or five hours, and it, it wouldn't, but I'm having fun. Are you okay? Uh, these are things, by the way, for us to keep praying for. We're trying to highlight as a church things that we feel like all of us should have in our prayer life right now both because they're spiritual and they're, and they're real. So we, we need to pray for them. Um, this is a little more close to home. In February 25 through 27, is that right? Come on up, Pastor Delvin, if you don't mind. This is Dr. Delvin Pikes. He is our pastor for Next Generation Ministries here. Um, uh, February 25 through 27, we'll have our Every Nation Campus Conference. So I want Pastor Delvin to tell us a little bit about it and lead us in a prayer moment for that. Uh, yeah, one of our highlights of the year, every year, is uh, this college conference that we, uh, for the last five years, we've actually hosted one here. Uh, even last year, we hosted a watch party. Uh, this year, though, it's a little unique. We're actually uh, going to be going just outside of D.C. to our sister church at Grace Covenant in Chantilly, Virginia. Uh, the, the, our faith and what we actually expect is a thousand students to be there from the Northeast, from the Mid-Atlantic, um, even from Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana. Uh, we're going to be taking a busload of students from here, and we just believe in God. Uh, number one, the conference isn't free, so, uh, you know, it costs uh, about $200, you know, just to get a student there. Uh, but, but not just for the finance, we're believing that the right uh, students with the right heart would be there. Uh, Paul told Timothy, he was encouraging him as, as he was a young leader in the faith. He said, hey, don't forget about that faith that your grandmother had, your mother had, and I know it's inside of you. And I believe that there's a lot of either those type of young men and women on our campuses that they have had a faith handed down to them that hasn't become quite their own. They're still kind of trying to figure it out and what their part in that is. And I believe there's some that they're called to change their family tree. 
that they're going to be the, the grandmother or grandfather of many generations that will have faith passed down to them. And so my prayer is that we would fill up the, uh, our 55 passenger bus. We'd have some bus problems in just a few weeks and, and that God would move on the hearts of these men and women. Amen. I'm from all of our campuses here in the greater Nashville area. So just join me in prayer right now. We, I'm going to pray for this conference. We have plans, but the Lord has greater plans. And so we want to align every step of the way with those and believe that these college students, that they would take the baton to change the world farther than we could ever do it. Amen. Jesus, we love you. We thank you right now for your word. We thank you that you're, you're, you exalt above all things your holy word. And so, Lord, I, we're speaking your word. We're proclaiming your word. We're declaring that this weekend will be about your word. Students hearing your word, conversing with others about your word, uh, examining their hearts by your word. Lord, being transformed through what you say, through what you've already said, through what you speak. Lord, I pray even as students get invites these last few weeks, Lord, I pray that their hearts will lead. There's something inside of them would say, man, I need to be there that week. I've been invited to all kinds of evil things on weekends. Lord, I, I, I need to go the right way now. I need to begin to follow this God and, and find out more about who he is. Lord, whether they're lost or whether they're already found, Lord, I pray that you would draw students to yourself through this weekend, through this conference. Use this tool. Lord, use this weekend. Set the atmosphere even now, Lord, amongst those that have already planned to go. Lord, let them be bringers. Let them be those that, that say, man, I can't go on this trip by myself. I've got to find a roommate, a sweetmate, a, a college teammate, a, a, a fraternity member, a sorority member. They've got to go with me. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for every one of these students. And I pray, Lord, that this would be an appointed time by heaven. Lord, this would not be by our timetable, but it'd be on yours. God, that you would draw students under to yourself. Lord, you said, if you be lifted up, Lord, if you be lifted high, Lord, you said you would draw all men, all women to yourself. And so, Lord, we lift the name of Jesus over this conference. We lift the name Jesus over all the details. We lift your name Jesus over all the money issues that students may have or all over the travel issues that students may have. Lord, we lift the name of Jesus up. And, Lord, we pray that you would attract people, draw people by your Holy Spirit. Lord, let this be transformative, delivering. Lord, let people be set free. Lord, let atheists come and, Lord, find you is real. Lord, let people, Lord, have been bound up for generations, Lord, passed down through the family line. Lord, let them be set free forevermore. Lord, simply because they encountered the living risen Savior, Lord, the, the, the King from Galilee. Lord, I pray that you would be glorified, that you would be magnified. And I pray when those students get back here, Lord, they would never be the same. I pray that when they step foot in this church, they would not stop talking about what they've seen and heard of what you've done inside of them. And Lord, you would turn our city upside down. You turn our campuses upside down because of Jesus Christ, the King of glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Delvin. Dr. Delvin. He always hates it when I call him that, but I love it. He's got his doctorate. Why not own it, buddy? Because I don't either. I know. Uh, honored to have him leading our Next Generation Ministries. Um, I want to turn to a little bit of a fun one. Um, so I don't know if you know this, we are currently planting a church. I don't know if you know all that is going on. So Pastor Rice, who's the bishop over the, the, the churches that Bethel is under the umbrella of or is the umbrella of, um, he's planted many churches, not just the Bethel umbrella. Actually, at one point, I think he planted 30 churches in five years. So uh, he's had a good track record. 23 of those churches are still healthy in existence which if you know anything about church planting, it's about a 50% success rate. So 23 out of 30, 20 some years later, that's pretty good. 
So we're planting a church right now um, in New Orleans. Pastor Rice is weekly going back and forth. Uh, Pastor James will be down there this coming week. Uh, Kristen and Shane were down there recently. Will is going down. Pastor Will is going down. So we are participating actively. We're helping fund. We're helping send leaders. Uh, Ricky Bowser has been going back and forth. He's also actively involved. I don't know all of everyone. I'll be going down at some point sometime soon. So we're planting a church in New Orleans, and I asked Pastor Rice if he'd just send me a quick video. So we have a video, the, the first video that he sent me, if you don't mind there, Ron, this is our church that he sent me in New Orleans. This is them right there. Now, that's Pastor Rice humor. I just have to let you know that that's Pastor Rice humor. That's the video he sent, and he waited until I had to actually ask for another one. So here's the actual video, Ron. You can go to the next one past the... The nursing home Macarena. The first day turned into the next day. And then the next Sunday, and I wasn't prepared for all the Sundays. You know there's a lot of Sundays in the year? And so after about the fourth of the fifth Sunday, Allie gets pregnant with San Diego Stutson, a little Libby. And life hit me so hard like a freight train, y'all. You ever had a freight train moment? Well, so that is the big, it's just a quick clip of a preaching moment in what is called Unite Fellowship. So I think you'll recognize the hands in the background. We call them the Bethel hands or the Unite hands, whichever way you want to call them. They're in the background there, and it's centered around the idea of unity and racial reconciliation, diversity, devotion, and discipleship. So we want to pray for them. We have a, a, a sister church launching in New Orleans. Right? Isn't that awesome? 60, 70 people meeting every week. That's already moving towards viability. So I know I've been, we've been praying up here for a moment. I want to just take a silent moment for just a second. The musicians will keep that background going. I want to invite you just for a moment with whoever you came with or by yourself there. Pray for our church in New Orleans, whatever God is putting on your heart and mind at home, both here in the church. And then, then I'll pray in a moment. Just go ahead and pray right where you are for our church that's launching in New Orleans right now. more pleased than I am as I listen and hear these prayers rising up around the auditorium from behind me and in front of me. I just can't even imagine how pleased God is hearing his children cry out for the thing he cares about most that we seek and save the lost. Lord, we do pray that you be with not only Bishop Rice, Pastor Rice, but also with Pastor Peter as he's going to be that, that point leader down there. We pray that you would raise him up. Thank you for his ministry among the National Guard. Thank you for the many who've already been baptized. Thank you for the thousands of purple books that have been passed out. Thank you for the many, many conversations that have led to the point where that now we're at this core group of people, core group of leaders who are launching this church. And we pray in Jesus' name that you would build your church. You build your church. 
We don't want to build your church. We want to partner with you while you build your church. We pray that you would send out laborers into the harvest field. We don't want to shove people into a place they're not called. We want you to call out people, to gift people and equip people and send them into that harvest field. We pray for healing and unity in that city that has been broken and divided over so many different issues. We don't need to rehearse them. We just pray that you would bring unity and healing. We pray that you would bring light into dark places where uh, rampant sin and licentious living, drunkenness and all the rest that comes with it is just paraded on the streets and, and made out to be an attraction for others to come see. We pray that your light would come and shine in a dark place and that that salvation would become something that is more present than all of that. We pray that your name would become famous in that city. We pray that we would be a part of a revival sweeping through New Orleans, that we would see your spirit poured out on many, that giftings would come, salvation would come, breakthrough would come, that a transformation would occur. We don't just pray for church, we pray for your kingdom. May your kingdom come there. We pray in Jesus' name together. We pray in agreement all together that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven, in New Orleans as in heaven, as it is in heaven. Bring your kingdom there. We pray that you would place a lampstand in that city. We pray that you would hold a star in your hand, an angel watching over that city. We pray that you would put a, a covering and a watch and a protection over that church. We pray that you would send resources into that community. We pray that you would send finances there. We pray that you would send leaders there. We pray that you would break open moments of opportunity that they would give, they would be given the, all the space they need, the location they need, the equipment they need, that they would see miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, and they would know that this is you building your church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. We believe in Jesus name that that is true because you Lord are watching not just over us, you are watching over your church. Just want to uh, say that often we give at the very beginning and just tonight we just felt like doing it this way. We wanted you to hear about all the things that are going on in the world that we're concerned about, what we're involved in, what we're praying for, what we're giving to, and then remind you about your opportunity to worship the Lord in giving. So there's four ways to give at Bethel. If you haven't done yet that yet this week or this month, however you structure it, there's four ways to give. You can just scan that little QR code. You can give in person. You can drop a check in one of those little boxes out by the door. You're not obligated to give. If this is your first time at Bethel, please just be our guest. Don't think that's for you. That's for people who call Bethel home. But that's what you're giving to. And you don't realize that we're giving tens and tens of thousands. If you count all, all the missions work that we're doing and, and the campus ministry that we're sending out, et cetera, et cetera, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars that we're sending out into missional work. And now we're not even talking about benevolence and the people that we're helping with their, their bills. We're, I was talking uh, Sunday morning with some folks who were getting housing through people at our church and through ministries at our church because they were staying in their car. It's just, there's wonderful things going on through what Bethel does every week, every week. And we get to pray into that. We get to unite our resources together so that God is able to multiply it. It feels to me often like it's a, a miracle again of the feeding of the 5,000. It just gets multiplied. We just give our little bit. God gathers it all together and then he multiplies it. It's not just a gathering, it's a multiplying. And that multiplying is going on in Ukraine. It's going on in Europe. It's going on in South Africa. It's going on in Cambodia and Laos and the Philippines. It's going on here in the United States. Praise God. Praise God. So we get a chance to give to that. Just want to remind you that we're starting a new series this coming Sunday. If you haven't uh, purchased your devotional yet, it's $4 on Amazon. That's at cost. Bethel makes nothing for it. 
but that will give you the reading plan that we're all going through together. I heard the Bible app sounding all through my house as kids were getting ready this morning as we were all listening to our 10 chapters in the Bible at different speeds in different places. Made me laugh while we were all getting ready together. I don't know how you're doing it in your home. We're going through it. I hope you're going through it. That will also give you devotional insights. This Sunday, we'll start the Listen series, and I think you are going to enjoy it. You will hear Jesus saying, this is what I want to say to the churches here and be wise. Let me just pray for us and we will depart. But as we depart, I want to remind us, worship and prayer isn't something that just happens here. It's something we practice here to take with us there. Lord, we come to you in a spirit of joy, not a spirit of grief and sorrow. We've come to you with our griefs and sorrows. We've had deep burdens, pretty painful ones tonight that we have prayed about, but we've laid them at your feet and we're trusting in your sovereignty. We're trusting you with all of these things. We do need you every hour. So when those burdens come back, when those fears come back, when the the weight lays in on us, we know where to go. We go back to you in our need and you will lift us up. You will remind us that you're holding it all together. You'll remind us that you're watching over us. You'll remind us that, yeah, we do need you every hour, but you're faithful You are faithful. You are faithful every hour. Thank you for moving your mission forward, Lord. May you show us, each of us, our part in it. And may we never despise the day of small things. For our small things in your kingdom are like mustard seeds planted in which eventually the birds of the air will find their home. Thank you for this group of people. Thank you for Bethel. Watch over it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here, spiritual family. You're not dismissed. You're sent in the joy of the Lord. Go with God.